Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master. My name is Megan Kelleher, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elkin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage, I'll be playing Soul Red Bluthammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Danny, I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Rob, I'll be playing Info Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. And I'm Adam DeWeese, I go by he, him, and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard, who goes by they, them. Last time on Eclipse, you all went into the underground grotto. You had expected to find a whole bunch of Salaguin here, but in fact, you got attacked by a whole bunch of Kuatoa. And they were not just normal Kuatoa, but they were Kuatoa that were wearing some sort of very strange cybernetic armor. Um, after a fight with these Kuatoa for quite some time, you found yourself going deeper into the cave where you met a hooded figure that seemed to be very powerful, at least in terms of using magic. Um, They were so powerful, in fact, that they made some sort of wall barrier behind you that blocked off your escape route back into the caves. Whiskey deduced that this was a wall of force, and Whiskey also deduced that someone capable of casting wall of force is a pretty powerful magic user. Um, After getting through that battle and dispatching all of the Kuoto that attacked you, you all wandered over to another section of the cave where you saw a whole bunch of tables set up and a couple of Salaguin that were just staring blankly at the ceiling. The Salaguin seemed to, for the most part, not be that much of a threat. It looked like they did appear to be infected with the weird fish brain parasite, but they were all just staring at the ceiling and you all decided to build a table jail by taking apart these tables and locking them away in a table jail just in case they were activated like sleeper agents or something also while you were in that room you noticed um a table that had a map on it the map was of chandros the planet you're currently on there was also another table with a whole bunch of different tools a lot of scientific instruments surgery equipment Um, just various things like that. Things that could be used as weapons, but are not intended to be weapons necessarily. And then there was another table with um, what looked like a whole bunch of scientific gear, including a journal. Whiskey started to investigate that journal and found a lot of interesting information. Before I go into detail about that information, and while Whiskey is looking this over, what would the rest of you like to do? What are you all doing right now? Is everybody just building this table jail? <laughs> or what's the situation look like? I feel like I was looking at something like that wasn't the journal. I feel it was like tools or something. So I feel like I was already over there. Okay. So we have Whiskey and Ava over there. And what is everybody else doing? I think Soul Red was building the table jail and Dr. Shepard was supervising. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That is correct. What about info? Uh, Rodney has kind of drifted over towards Sultan because uh, of his schoolboy crush. And uh, info is just going to start wandering over to the doorway next to the map there and uh, just kind of start 
wandering off on his own because he has ADHD. Okay. Um, yeah, so just for our listeners, just in this little alcove where they have found these tables that have the map on them and the tools and the journal and stuff, there is two very large wooden double doors. Um, the doors seem to be roughly fitted into the cave wall itself. They absolutely do not look like any of the other things in here. They look like, you know, of course, not natural. Um, they look more more sophisticated than the rest of the cave, kind of in the way that the tables did. So just from looking at these two large doors, you know, there's no like crazy images on them or anything. It doesn't like look like they're magic or anything like that. But they do look like someone built these giant wooden doors. They're like supported with iron bars, iron bolts. I mean, somebody put this here very purposely. Are you attempting to go through those doors? Or are you just kind of looking at it for right now uh yeah info's gonna push on the door okay so you go up to the door and you push on it and you feel like it is not locked like a mechanism but barred on the other side um so it does seem like it's something that could you could attempt to force through rather than attempt to like pick a lock while you were doing that whiskey you are looking at this journal and looking at this journal, there are all sorts of sketches, all sorts of notes, and they are all written in a language you don't understand. Fortunately, you have recently cast a spell on yourself that allows you to understand languages, both spoken and written. Looking through these pages, at least the ones that are filled out, you do find a, quite a bit of information. And I think if you spend maybe 10 or 15 minutes while everybody else is building this table jail... Uh, you do have time to discern some of that information. So some of the things you see here, uh, you see pretty detailed drawings of Kuatoa's anatomy of their body, anatomy of their brains, their skeletal system, details about uh, how they're amphibious, details about their limited mental capacities. Um, there are notes talking about what they're good at, what they're not so good at. There are also drawings of cybernetic helmets, and you can tell that they are, in fact, the ones that were put on these Kuatoa beings. They appear, according to the notes, to use an arcane crystal to increase some of the neurological functions of the frontal lobe while also inhibiting others. Seems like it enhances their ability for language and reason, but it also inhibits their desire for basic needs like food. It inhibits their pain receptors. It inhibits basically their individuality as well. There's also notes talking about how Kuatoa have some ganglia-type whiskers that are used to sense emotions in one another, and there's notes talking about how they could possibly be used to emit some sort of psionic control on these Kuatoa. You see there are details about the arcane rifles and how they could be enhanced using, um, using the arcane crystals. There are also notes saying the arcane crystals that are typically used are too powerful for these cybernetic helmets, so they have designed a lower-grade version of them because, the, uh, according to some of the notes, the more powerful arcane crystals were just frying the brains of the specimens that they were being inserted into. There are also drawings of Sawagwen. There are drawings of lizard folk. There are drawings of Aarakocra. And there is also a drawing of a illithid, a mind flayer, with similar notes, anatomy, brain function, physiology, um, the notes on the Mind Flayer, the Lizard Folk, the Aarakocra, all seem to 
insinuate that their minds are too advanced for these cybernetic helmets to have an effect at this time and that the Salaguin are too advanced for it as well. However, it might be possible to control them in another way. As you flip a little bit further, you will see drawings of what is none other than this brain fish parasite. The notes indicate that these have been used to control the Salaguin's brains. And it also indicates that these are not normal elithid tadpoles, but in fact a fusion of elithid tadpoles mixed with DNA from Githyanki. That they have found a way to use the Githyanki's psionic abilities to control the elithid tadpoles, and doing so were able to control the Salaguin. Um, there are notes that the hosts do not last terribly long and that they die, but that the brain parasites seem to live on beyond the life expectancy of the host as long as they themselves are not destroyed. There are notes saying that if they eat the brain and are left to their own devices, that they turn into something that is not quite an elithid, not a neolithid, but something different, something unexpected, and that more study is still being, or more research is still being had on that there is also you find drawings of teleportation pads that look exactly like the ones you were used to with the lord's armada everything but the logo is there the design the use of the crystals the use of the same materials are all there and you can also see some sort of network it seems like there is a network of these teleportation pads that has been sketched here without too many details being um, revealed right here on that specific page. Uh, lastly, one of the things that you notice is another page that shows something that looks very much like a beholder, except the notes when translated translate the name as a death kiss. Um, they say that a death kiss is a form of beholder that is not quite as intelligent, but much more independent, even more territorial, and they have the ability to empower themselves by stealing the life force of other beings. And then they're able to also turn that energy into electricity that they can use to power devices or inflict attacks upon others. They note that they are not something that can be reasoned with, but they feel like by using the information they've uncovered through their lithid Githyanki research, that they think they can find a way to control them and use them as well. So out of everything you've kind of had time to look over and flip through, this is pretty much the most important information that you've gotten out of these pages. Info. You got a, is your warmer box okay for papers and stuff? Is it watertight? Is it going to burn them? The hot box? Yeah, your hot box. Yeah, the hot box is, yeah, I can I can just turn the heat down on it and we can just use it as like a lockbox. Right. Let's uh let's uh put all this stuff in your hot box lockbox and uh we're gonna keep this shit because um this is some pretty cool research and I feel like the fellas that have done it probably don't need to have this shit. Um I'm a little bit concerned there's a whole bunch of teleportation stuff happening. But it's not real clear on this map. Uh, we might want to study that a little bit more once we, you know, get back to our ship and we're safe. Um, yeah, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, they could be making, like, guys into flies or something. 
Well, I'm a little bit more concerned about all the uh, the weird critters they're putting in people's brains and this uh, death kiss thing that they're talking about. Yeah, that that doesn't sound. Um, yeah, it, here it is. It looks like a like a a, a crappier version of a beholder. Ugh. Ugh, it's gonna it be more problems. Mouths, so many mouths. Ugh. Well, I don't know if those were mouths, but it's got attitude is what it's got. And we don't need no more attitude around here. Hold up. What would they be if it wasn't mouths? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, based on the sketch, uh, it looks like a beholder has a big, large central eye. There is a sharp pointed mouth below that, though it looks slightly smaller than that of a beholder's mouth. The main difference, besides the information in the notes, is that the tendrils do not seem to have eyes on them, but in fact, do you have something that looks similar to a mouth? Hopefully a mouth. Right, well, I'm I'm pretending it's not a mouth because a thing with that many mouths is a little bit terrifying. So it's something else is fine. I don't like this thing is what it is. But yeah, let's let's put all this in your in your hot box lot box. And, uh, Will do. He's gonna like push his belly button. And it's like one of those little click buttons. It just like pops it open. And he just like stuffs a bunch of papers in there and like clicks it back shut and <laughs> loses his pants back up. Info as you're putting this all into your lockbox. What all are you taking? Just the book or what else? Uh, just whatever whiskey handed him. So it was just the papers and the book notebook or whatever. Are there any cool knives on the table of knives? Yeah, there's a, a lot of different surgery tools so a lot of scalpels and things like that but uh, i don't i mean none of them look like they'd be fantastic weapons but there are definitely a lot of sharp little gadgets oh, okay are there any cool ones though anything that looks magical Wait, why don't we take a couple scalpels worst case dr shepherd has some new scalpels i'll never say no to some scalpels best case we can use them to stab things uh i'm not putting those in me i don't put things into my hot box lock box that are pointy just for reference. Oh, that's fine. I'll just put it in my pocket. That sounds good. With my knife. I, I don't want to get poked on the inside. This is a out of character, and I'm sorry if this has happened already, but does somebody have a way to detect if any of this is magical, and have we done that yet? Could I do like an arcana check looking at the stuff? There are some of the other uh, scientific and pseudoscientific tools that were near the journal if you want to make an arcana check to see if any of them have magical properties. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is not something Solred would know to ask, but <laughs> Cage the player would be curious. Right. I have a plus seven to Arcana, and I rolled a natural 20, so that's a 27. Ooh. All right. All right, Info, being an artificer, you are kind of the perfect person for the job because it is right there in the combination of, of science and magic. And you do see laying on this table a lot of devices that you've seen before, basic you know, beakers and mortar and pestles and things like that. I think with your natural 20, you notice there are a few of those red crystals. There are three of them on this table. They're the same ones that seem to be in the rifles as well as in the cybernetic helmets. And then I think you could also deduce that in that pestle is powder that looks a lot like one of these crystals crushed up into uh, small bits. I think you definitely think they absolutely have a magical quality to them, though, without uh, the detect magic spell, you're not certain what field of magic it is. Okay, Info's going to stick those crystals in his hot box. And he's going to put the powdered one into the uh, coffee receptacle in Rodney's head. And he's going to uh, 
put that in, and Info's going to get some of the water from the pond there and put it in and hit on. Um, so he's going to, like, have Rodney brew a cup of uh, magic liquid. Do you remember to put a filter in there, at least? It has one of those reusable filters. It's very dirty, though. Yeah. Okay, so Rodney is making some crystal water out of this. It has a red tint to it, like the crystals. Um, you did push on that door, and the door did feel like it could give. Uh, but like you, you know, it kind of just feels like a boom, like it like hits against a metal bar that's on the other side. However, when Info does that, the other people who are over by the table jail finishing that up, which is of course uh, Doctor Shepard and the Lizard Folk. And are you still over there, Soul Red? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you all notice right at that moment, though, I don't know that you know what Info is doing. One of the Salguin just stops staring at the ceiling, turns and looks you right in the eyes, Soul Red, and says, I know that you are still here, but the plans have been put into play that are beyond your understanding and beyond your ability to do anything about them. <laughs> and then it just falls silent and looks back up at the ceiling. Uh, Dr. Shepard, did, did, did you hear that? That wasn't just me, right? No, I heard it too. Uh, let's get a top on it. We need a top on the jail. Uh, where are we going to find something for that? Hmm. While you were scooching the tables, I built this out of table legs for the top. It's not very heavy. Oh, Dr. Shepard, that's that's pretty genius. Uh, yeah, that, that could probably work, right? Probably not, but we can try. Yeah, she'll heave it up there. Also, I like how much uh whiskey was able to read and study while we've been over here bullshitting building a table jam <laughs> she got so much information she read like an entire volume of an encyclopedia the amount of time that we moved four <laughs> tables to the corner of the room <laughs> and just opening and closing his belly button it's fine i'm just like picking up little knives like poking myself like are you sharp are you sharp <laughs> Uh, Jeremy, the voice that I heard come out of the Kuotoa, would I have recognized that as the same voice that we heard when we first entered this room in the grotto? Um, so yeah, so it came out one of the Salaguin that you all have locked up. I mean Salaguin, that's what I meant. And it does not sound like, it sounds like the same voice that you all heard when you first entered the cave. It does not sound like the voice of the person in the cloak, the glowing cloak. But you did all hear this sound in your minds um, a little bit ago. I think Dr. Shepard was the only person who was able to resist it previously. No, I was just going to like relay the information to the rest of the party. So Solrad probably would be like, uh, hey, everybody, uh, this, um, this Alguin just um, spoke like that voice we heard earlier. Um, doesn't seem real great. Dr. Shepard, you have an extremely high passive perception. 
you will hear what sounds like a mix between a sizzle and a shimmering noise. And looking over your shoulder, you see six red dots that then seem to expand. And it looks like six portals are opening up right behind you. Uh, Within seconds, six more of the Kuoto materialize in this room. Oh, hell. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Go ahead and roll initiative. Wait, maybe these six are cool, though. I got a five on my initiative. Got something in my eye. I only got 13 with advantage. Uh, 17. Do I add something to that? I forget. I forget like every time. You have advantage, but I don't know if you're going to beat a 19. Oh, wait, you got a 17. 17. I could try again. 11. No, 17 it is. All right. Uh, what did everybody else get? Uh, 19 for whiskey. And Phil got a 13. Damn. I think that's the worst I've ever done on initiative in this campaign. 19. Jeremy, I think that that light ore is going to be off of me. It only lasts a minute, and I'm sure it took us longer than that to build table jail. We start off with Whiskey. Whiskey, what are you doing? You've just got done shoving these materials into Info's stomach. You are currently in a little alcove with a double door behind you that's barred, and six of these cybernetic Kuatoa coming at you. Right. Well, they suck. Um, I'm going to try... Shooting a fireball at this fella in front. Okay. Or firebolt, sorry. I guess D&D Beyond doesn't like me that much after all. That was only a 10. Yes, your firebolt misses. It goes flying. You turn around, you see them, you shoot this firebolt. It goes flying to the middle of the cave, and that causes Sultan to jump. He turns around, he's like, oh no, they're here! There's more, there's more! Is there anything else you'd like to do, Whiskey? Um, I'm going to sort of duck a little bit behind the table, beside the table, try and just hide myself like the coward that I am. We will move to the lizard folk. There are currently four lizard folk and Sultan remaining. The four lizard folk are immediately going to turn around. They're going to have their spears aimed forward and Sultan will go, get them, kill them. And the lizard folk will attempt to do so. Hopefully, for everyone's sake, they do better than last time. One of the lizard folk is going to rush forward and attempt to stab at one of the Kuatoa. He gets a (laughs) a six. That one's going to miss. Another one's going to run up and also attempt to stab the Kuatoa. That one is a 16. So that will hit, thankfully. Um, That's going to be four points of damage that he deals to one of the Kuatoa that are closest to the cage. Then we're going to go to the other lizard folk. They're going to both rush towards the one that Whiskey had attempted to kill. They're going to also make jabs with their spears. Ooh, one of them gets an 18, and the other one only gets a 5. So the 18 hits and deals 5 damage. Uh, then we will move on to Ava. Ava, what would you like to do? I think I'm going to attack the one that is uh, not the one that the lizard folk are going for, but the one next to him and just make a couple melee attacks. Okay. I shouldn't assume they're all men. Women can do anything. Um, Let's see. That's a 27 to hit. Yeah, 27 will hit. And a 13? The 13 will not hit. 
because these are the armored Kuatoas. Right. All right, so I'll roll damage for the one that hit. That's going to be a nine. I don't think I add anything to that. Yeah, nine uh, damage plus, I guess I'll do a bonus action, additional unarmed strike. So 25 to hit. That hits as well. And it's going to be eight more damage. So I guess 17 total. Okay. Eight more damage. So yeah, you seem to hurt this one pretty severely. It is still up. But yeah, 17. uh, Seems like you put a a dent in its armor. Uh, Anything else? Uh, Nope, that's going to be it. So then we go to the Kuatoa's turn. Three of the Kuatoa that are in the back, the three Kuatoa that have not taken damage, are going to step back. They all seem to be turning kind of away from you all. They're not engaging directly with you. You will see the three of them set something on the ground. It looks like some sort of round devices that are blinking red uh, on and off with like maybe a half a second in between each blink. And they, the three of them seem to be much more focused on whatever it is they are doing. The other three Kuotoa, the ones that are currently being attacked, will re- uh, respond in turn with violence. So this one that got attacked by two of the lizard folk is going to strike back with its rifle. Um, it is, let's see, it's a 14 to hit on one of the lizard folk. And that is not enough to break the armor class of the lizard folk standing in front of it. The other one that um, took damage from the lizard folk and is the closest to Soul Red and Dr. Shepard is going to also fire their rifle. That one is a 17, so that one will, in fact, hit just because the damage is so high and I don't have dice in front of me. I'm going to roll this one on here. Nine damage as it fires right into the chest of one of the lizard folk with a direct hit. And then the one that uh, was being attacked by Ava is going to also aim its rifle at her, and it gets a natural one, so that is going to miss. You see it load, and it's like looks at its gun like something's wrong and starts slapping the side of the thing. It looks like the crystal on it is blinking, whereas normally they're glowing a bright red. Seems like it's having some sort of malfunction which with its rifle. We will then go to Sultan. Sultan is going to go, not again! And he's going to run up right towards the Kuatoa that is beside Ava. Uh, not the one that she attacked, but the one right beside that. And is going to take a swing with his mighty club. That is only an 11. He swings, but he realizes that he might hit one of his own Lizardfolk warriors. So leaning his weight to his right foot, he misses the attack. We will then go to Info. Info, what are you doing? You were over here near Whiskey and near all the scientific instruments and the double doors. Uh, Info is going to step up next to Ava and get out his um, special little uh, chromatic orb that he has been saving up. So he's got this like chromatic orb that just kind of pops up in his hand and he is going to throw that at the one that Ava has already punched half to death. Right, and is Chromatic Orb a first level spell? Yeah. You still have spell slots left for that? Uh, it's one of the uh, wizard 
initiate things, so I get it, like, once a day. Okay, I got a 20 with the chromatic orb. All right, 20 is definitely going to hit. And it's five lightning damage. Okay, five lightning damage. So you hit this thing with the chromatic orb, and it does appear like the lightning damage is having a greater effect on this Kuatoa than you might have expected. Um, it does seem to start twitching its head and its neck, and you see smoke coming from the cybernetic enhancement that's attached to the side of its face, something that was not included in the notes. And then Rodney is going to run up and try and grab the blinking devices that they've set on the ground. If Rodney was right next to you when the battle started, I think... I don't know that Rodney can get all the way over there in one turn, unless you want to, like, dash, have Rodney dash over there. Uh, it looks like he has a 40-foot speed. Oh, a 40? Okay, then yeah, Rodney just makes it. Is he just going to, like, pick up one of them, or swipe at one of them, or attack one of them? Yeah, he's just going to try and grab uh, at least one, if not one in each hand, whatever he can get. Okay. Yeah, Rodney runs over there. He grabs one of these blinking devices that is closest and a curious response, the liquid that you have brewed inside Rodney starts glowing very bright red. And that's all he is uh, going to do this turn. Actually, you know what? He's going to dump the bright red liquid on the glowing thing. <laughs> Yellow. Wait, isn't this like Rodney's entire body? I don't understand how this looks. <laughs> <laughs> he has his carafe full of bright red liquid that he just pulls out and dumps it on top. To try and, like, short it out or something. Tip me over and pour me <laughs> out, bitch. That's actually tattooed on his back. <laughs> I, I would say Rodney uses free action to pick up the device and then, as its action, pour it itself. Rodney used the pour attack to pour itself onto this device. I will say the moment the liquid falls out of Rodney, it stops glowing as much. It's just like red liquid again when it's on the ground but the light on the device is still blinking red. <laughs> Tipping is not just a city in China or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is Solred's turn. Solred, what would you like to do? Yeah, so I feel like Solred would see that these three closest uh, Kuatoa are pretty well handled. They're at least like two on one. Um, so I think she's going to go up to the, one of the ones that's setting up whatever this device is and she's gonna hit it really hard that's that's her goal <laughs> okay oh probably not with that though that's only an 11 to hit yeah the 11 does not hit especially with their armor but i do have an extra attack oh that should be fine that's a 21 so i'm gonna yeah 21 hits well, i'm gonna assume that <laughs> hits because uh i'm very terrifying if it didn't um and that is going to be 13 damage it's the French damage. Yes, French, 13 French damage. Is there anything else yeah. you'd like to do? <laughs> uh, I need a short rest before I can do pretty much anything else on my turn. So that will, <laughs> until I get to sleep, that'll be good for now. <laughs> well, everyone's at full health, I thought. All right, we go to Shepard. Yeah, I have Surely, none of my limited use actions. I am not at so. full health anymore. I know, I think most people are not. <laughs> Shepard, it's your oh, turn. I am, and I have temp HP too. <laughs> I believe temp HP. So that doesn't disappear once the spell's done. No, I, right? yeah, I believe temp HP lasts until it's gone or you rest, right? Um, but yeah, speaking of us not us needing a rest, uh, I am down to just my last 
three spell slots. They are my highest three spell slots, but I figure these aren't, you know, I'm going to need to save those. Uh, so I'm going to scooch back a little bit towards table jail, you know, just get a little bit of distance from the glowing items that everybody else seems to just be running straight at. Um, and I'm going to use my spell coil staff to uh, fire a bolt of energy at the one that Soul Red is attacking. Um, so it is an instant hit and is a D6 plus my intellect, which I've rolled a six. So that's a six plus, what is my intelligence? Plus three. So that'll be a nine points of damage. Force damage, if that does anything. It's not French damage, but it's something. So it's just normal force damage? Okay. Yeah, and you said you're attacking the one that Soul Red. Soul Red, attacked? yeah, the okay. one that Soul Red just bonked. Okay. Anything else? Nope. I'm just uh, hanging out by the tables. You said six or nine? Nine. Okay. It was six plus my intelligence. Okay. Modifier. All right. Yeah, you fired that spell coil staff and deal nine damage. You are all beating up on these things pretty proficiently. Anything else, Doctor Shepard? Are you just staying over here by table jail? That's it. Staying by table jail, jail, saving my last three spell slots. All right. We'll go straight to Whiskey. Whiskey, you're hiding over here by the table in the alcove. Yeah. Whiskey, you hear a noise on the other side of that door. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to move forward a little bit, and I'm going to try and hit that same guy with a firebolt again. That one should hit with a 23. A 23. So that definitely hits. I'll say the one you tried to fire at initially now has a Sultan and two other lizard folk in front of it. Do you want to hit the one that's in your line of sight? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay. And that is also the one that has taken the most damage as well. It's the one that Ava is fighting. All right. And that is uh, 16 fire damage. All right. What does it look like when you kill this? I feel like you always either miss things or just kill them. (laughs) Yeah, there's no in between. I guess that's how wizards work. <laughs> it, it, yeah, that's wizards. It just sort you. of bursts into flame and uh, sizzles down to a pile of ashes. And I am going to yell, Howard, go help Rodney. And uh, Howard is going to, I believe Howard was hanging out on Sultan's shoulder. <laughs> so he's going to hop down and head over towards Rodney. Okay. So yeah, Howard will just leap off. I want to. How cool is Howard? Does, can Howard like swing with his tongue and stuff? Or does he just kind of hop down, fall like eight feet and then waddle across the room? He, he probably just hops down and does the little skitter. He's got a 20 feet movement. But he, he's a fast little sucker. All right. And then I'm I'm going to duck over closer to this other table and sort of keep an ear out on that door. So you're running over near the map now? Yeah. Okay. So... Howard leaps off of your shoulder and runs over near Rodney. Um, we will go to Lizard Folk turn again. They um all four of the remaining Lizard Folk and Sultan seem to be pretty preoccupied. The two that are fighting the first Kuatoa are going to both once again strike with their spears. Ooh, this time you have an 18 and a 17. So both of them will hit, which is good going to be a six plus four damage so between the two of their attacks they deal 10 damage with their spears to this armored kuatoa 
And then the other two lizard folk are going to attempt to stab their assailant. Ooh, one of them gets a 19 and then a 10. So only one of them hits. But it's going to be for seven damage uh, against this one. We will then continue on to Ava. Okay, so the guy that I'm fighting is still alive. Yeah, the one you were fighting is dead because Whiskey killed it with fire. Is there a corpse? There is a corpse and... It's, yeah, like, it's just lying on the ground dead. It didn't, like, completely disintegrate them or anything. Uh, and, and sort of where are the grenade thing? I'm oh, sorry, I'm assuming they're grenades. Where are the red blinking light thingies arranged, like, in this area? About 15 feet past where you were standing are the three Kuatoa who had set three glowing things on the ground. Okay. Yeah, they do not look like the crystal grenade that was thrown down I guess for you all, like 30 minutes ago or 20 minutes ago or something that had exploded and took out most of the lizard folk. These look different, but they also do look like they're some sort of tech powered by the red crystals. Can I, as a free action, maneuver the corpse on top of one of them or many of them? I think you could use your action to pick up the corpse and move across the room and throw it on one of them. Yeah, okay. I'll do it. I'll, yeah, I'll pick up the corpse and I will try and cover it because it's only going to cover one of them. Okay. Yeah, you can pick it up and throw it on one of them. I would say that two of the undamaged Kuato are like actively setting theirs up. There's the one that Rodney was like grabbing and pouring water on. I mean, you could throw it on that one or you can I will throw it on the wet one, yeah. I'll throw the corpse on top of the on top of the device that has already had like fantasy Robitussin poured on it. And see if it explodes, maybe this will help a little bit. Uh Okay. You throw it on top and it just, it's just like a thump and a squish. Okay. And then, uh, let's see. I don't, I don't know if I can do anything else. Um, Did you move like all the way? I imagine you, had, you can't just throw it like 20 feet. So I imagine you had to move a little bit. Are you moving like way over there next to Rodney and Howard and Soul Red? Yeah, I think I will. I think I will. And I think, um, I don't really want to waste a key point at this point. I think I'm just going to um, just chill there and make sure nobody moves my corpse. Okay. Well, we go to the Kuatoa's turn. Uh, the Kuatoa that is right here next to you and next to Soul Red is going to bend down, use their action to reach their hand under the corpse, <laughs> and just, you don't know what they're doing, but right when they put their hand under there you see the two remaining blinking devices stop blinking and instead that they, they just have solid red lights you can assume the one that's hidden under the corpse also has a solid red light and then suddenly there is a big glowing red light that appears in between the center of this triangle of devices um when this happens the kuto are gonna all jump back the two that are not near anyone will do so without anything. The one that's right next to you, I guess that gets an attack of opportunity from Soul Red because it's going to jump five feet back. Fucking kill it. That'd be so funny. It'd be so funny if you kill it dead. At this point, Rodney like turns and looks at Ava and throws his hands <laughs> up in the air like, what the hell? I was working. Uh, that's a 19 to hit. The 19 um. hits. Now my damage, I rolled two ones, so I get to re-roll those because I have the crusher. Uh, yeah, that's ten damage. Ten damage? Okay. 
Uh, you hit this one for 10, which is, it doesn't kill it, but it you hit it really hard as it leaps back. In fact, you hit it so hard it like stumbles and nearly falls over, but just doesn't. But like, it looks like you almost knocked this thing off its feet. Meanwhile, that glowing red light that has appeared between the uh, kind of triangle that was made out of these devices is now a large red glowing portal, larger than any of the ones you've seen. And materializing in front of you, you see a figure that's about 12 feet tall, um, about shoulder width, a little bit over four feet. And uh, it looks just just barely smaller than like a giant that you might have seen on your own planet. And you see an, an absolutely enormous Kuatoa standing in front of you. It has no cybernetic armor attachments. It has giant, bulbous, blank fish eyes and a massive mouth that looks like it could swallow any of you just short of whole. But there are also lots of sharp teeth, so it does not seem like it would need to swallow you whole. It is going to look around and just let out a large (laughs) growl into the cave. Meanwhile, the other Kuatoa that are remaining, uh, the ones that are fighting the lizard folk, is going to fire its rifle once again. It seems to be distracted by this behemoth of a fish that it has summoned, let's say a leviathan, because it misses. It only rolls to seven, so it misses its shot. The other Kuatoa that's right next to Sultan is going to get a twenty-two. It does not seem to miss its shot. And that shot is going to go straight at one of the lizard folk. That is going to be 10 damage. And this was the same one that was hurt earlier. There's a and you see the blast come out the back of this lizard and it drops to the ground dead. <laughs> Sultan's going, no, not again. <laughs> and simultaneously, the doors that are over near whiskey will you'll hear a boom boom and then they burst open and whiskey you see standing on the other side of this door are now four more of these armed kuatoa who just whoops that was the wrong thing who just come marching directly into the room with rifles drawn and we'll go to sultan's turn so four more of these armed Kuatoa come marching in through that door. Whiskey, if you look behind you, you see like they're coming from another water-filled grotto cave room. And you see in that room um, another, just from your viewpoint, another dozen or so of these tanks that had the brain parasites in them. Sultan, having seen one of his warriors fall, is going to be very upset and is going to swing his weapon, and it is a 22, so that's going to hit. 11 damage. He's going to come crush, uh, crashing down on one of these Kuatoa's skull, but once again, not quite enough to kill it, but it is enough to damage it profusely. Info, it's your turn. I think you can hear the door open. It's like a loud like creak and then a bang. And if you were to just turn around, you would see these four other Kuatoa approaching. And you'll also hear the voice 
of the cloaked figure, though you cannot see him. Kill them! Take them out! No escape! You just hear that echoing from somewhere behind them. Info's just gonna, like, look back over behind Whiskey and then go, Ugh, son of a bitch! And then just go run up, and as he's running up, it's gonna be, like, a sweet action sequence anime style where he, like, uses his bonus action to bust out his lance blade, and he is gonna, uh, aim to, like, really just peg that leviathan, like, right in the side with his... Gonna do what to it? Peg him, like... He's got a pokey thing he's gonna stick it in him. It's a peg closet all over again. <laughs> nice. And he has, you know, ten foot of pe- pokey thing, so he's just gonna be like... And I can do that. He's gonna, He can do that twice, too, okay. so I'm gonna poke it twice. So, first time, I roll a natural 20 with plus 7 on the arm blade lance for 27. That will hit. And it'll be 17 damage. 17 damage? Yep. And then seeing how successful his first poke was, he will do it again. Info's gonna go again. Oh, a 12 that time. And I'll miss, I assume. Uh, 12 is definitely not gonna hit. I don't like how he said that. Definitely not gonna hit. And then, uh... Since Rodney's right there, he'll do his uh, force and power to rend, and he only got nine, so he missed it with his tampers. Yes, that is definitely going to miss the, the nine. I also think, like, half of Rodney's under a corpse. <laughs> Rodney's, like, still angrily, like, pointing at this thing and looking at Ava and being, like, back and forth. Look what you did! Rodney thoroughly blames Ava for this right now. If the secret ingredient was a corpse, that's all they needed. That's all we got. Yeah. All right, we got a Soul Red. Soul Red, what would you like to do? Yeah, I think she would like to try and take out the one that she that um, moved through her space though on its last turn. Um, just to, you know, for good measure. That's a dirty 20 to hit. That will hit. And that's max damage, so that's 16 damage. Uh, that kills it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> Am I the only one that imagines Solret like eventually having some sort of ultimate attack where she just like stands in a spot and swings in the 360 and just like hits everything with a hammer? <laughs> oh yeah, special move yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna use my ultimate. Um, <laughs> she's gonna extra attack then the big monstro gun. Okay. Are you gonna move up to it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to. Um, that's gonna be 21 to hit. Uh, 21 will hit. Um, That is 9 damage to it. Alright. So you hit it for another 9 damage. And that'll be my turn. Alright, Dr. Shepard. What are you going to do? Would I be able to math out about how much I think this big fish weighs? The big, you know, the big one. How much do you think it weighs? Yeah, you know. Just normal uh, fish stuff. Like maybe... 450 pounds. Oh, fuck yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, my levitate only works for 500 pounds. <laughs> um, could it could it make constitution saving throw? That's right. Let me let me look real quick. Let me comp- <laughs> I'm going to see like how much a bear weighs. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. A, yeah. A bear is like, like, like 500 pounds. pounds. I'd say it's like a bear size. It's taller though, but it's but like fish bear. bones, you know, they're yeah. lighter. 
Yeah, I'd say like just under 500 pounds. Cool. 499 is what we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, 499.9 pounds. It still gets price to make a right. cone saving throw. Yeah. One dollar, Bob. <laughs> Fucking price is right rules <laughs> over here. So what does it need to roll? A con saving throw of um sh- shit, that's not that high. We're looking for a fourteen. Fourteen? Ooh, it's a nineteen. Damn it. On one. Um uh yeah, I am this is an illithid thing, not a cleric thing. So this is me trying to use my illithid like telepathic mind power to lift this thing. And I think everybody up on it, like Soul Red and Ava, you guys could probably see it just hover for like just Barely lift off the ground for a second and then drop back. And uh, Dr. Shepard's a bit winded. I can't do anything else Um, because that was my action uh, and my one daily use of that. So, yeah, I'm actually going to stay where I am, too. I feel like I've got a pretty nice vantage point of whiskey and the whole team. So I'm going to stay here and recuperate you will see it look at you with those wide dead eyes its mouth will remain fully open and not move its jaw at all and that same voice you hear before will go i will destroy you from here i do not even need to enter this cave to end your miserable lives and you're pretty certain it's not like this thing talking like it's like something using this as like a like an avatar or something and we'll go to whiskey I know a little bit about Kuatoa. Do they seem the sort that are a little bit more uh, dexterous or a little bit more sturdy? Do they seem like the type that are more dexterous or sturdy? Um, Less dexterous, probably. Certainly the large one. Well, I am going to cast Earth Tremor centered at those four that just came in. So they're going to need to make a dex saving throw. All of them? All of them. They're all okay. within 10 feet of each other. All right. An 11, a 5, a 17, and a 1. The 17 saves, all the rest of them fail. Okay. So they all take uh, four damage, and they are prone. And what about the one that saved? Nothing? Nothing. Whiskey's going to run the fuck away. And is the, the portal thing still open? No, the portal is, has gone out. It seemed like it was just to summon this thing. And this thing does not, it's not wearing the armor the rest of them are wearing. And you've seen them all kind of, uh, you've seen most of them come in. And you've seen some that like disappeared before as well. So you think that might be somehow connected to their armor, which this thing is not wearing. And Rodney was attacking this thing now? I think Rodney tried to, yeah. Howard knows better. Howard's just standing there. Howard? Howard's going to go to one of the other little red things, the little flashy things, and uh, try to just roll it off to the side. Dislocate his jaw and consume something larger than his body. We know that it can work through, like, flesh. So I don't know if that would help. (laughs) It's probably too big for Howard to eat. Howard's very little. Ooh. Oh, no, I meant meant eating it is not going to (laughs) help. So you want Howard to try to climb up this thing? But I, I'm I'm thinking that if Howard can like get on it and do like a, a circus ball thing, yeah, just try to try to move one of the red, the flashy light things, move it out of position. Yeah, Howard can do that. So Howard can move over and move one of them, and it doesn't 
it doesn't change anything. In fact, none of them are glowing anymore. Though you know what they do. So if you make it out of the situation alive, it might be useful in some other way. All right. Well, that's that's it for us. All right. The lizard folks turn. It's always comforting when the DM says, if you make it out of this alive, this info could be useful. That's always what you want to hear the DM say. Yeah, that's always good. Especially for Shepard, who's like, what, two health left or something? All right. So the lizard folk, the three of them that remain, look pretty shaken. Once again, this is not what they're used to when it comes to dealing with Sauguin or Kuatel or anything from their planet, really. Um, the one that is next to Sultan is going to do what it always does and attempt to make a stabby motion. And it gets a non-natural 20, which is going to hit. And that's going to be five damage towards the Kuatoa that it is attacking. And uh, the other two that are near the other Kuatoas, ooh, a natural 20 and a 12. So the natural 20 will hit. The other one will not, but it gets to roll double damage, which is good. So that's going to be a total of 12 damage to it. So I think uh, because it's a crit, what this could look like is that it just stabs it twice really, really fast. And now we go to Ava. I want to punch and kick this big fish so bad. (laughs) Uh, Go for it. Okay. I'm going to take two unarmed strikes. A 17 hit? A 17 is going to hit. Yes, okay. And the 26 will hit, I see. Correct. Okay, so that's going to be uh, 9 bludgeoning and 11 bludgeoning. So 20 bludgeoning total. Okay. And then bonus action, I'm going to... Actually, I'm going to have one of those be... I'm going to do hands of harm and just kick it so hard. And it's going to take, what does it take? Uh, An extra 1d6 plus 1 necrotic. So that's an extra 3 necrotic damage. And I'm going to say that because of my physician's touch ability, uh, it is now poisoned until the end of its next turn. So it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until, I guess, the start of its next turn. And then bonus action, I'll just do one more unarmed strike. And that's probably going to miss. That's a nine. That does miss. I will give you some free information. When you punch this thing, you feel like your hands are just bouncing off. You do feel like you're damaging it, but not as much as you would hope. Okay, even though my unarmed strikes are magical damage? Boo. Okay, well, I wanted to punch it. But you are damaging it. It's not like immune. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we will go to the Kuatoa's turn. This large creature will turn and look down directly at you, Ava. And once again, without moving its mouth, a voice coming from somewhere else, the same voice you heard in your head before, will say, I am your destroyer. I am your hell. And that's where we'll end this episode of Eclipse. Hey, everybody. This is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. 
I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into this story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose Network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.